There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from thehomeloanexpert.com studios. I'm your host, Timothy Michael McKernan. Welcome in to the fun and games that is our weekly interview. And this week, it is a pleasure to welcome back to the program, Learn from KC95. And for the very first time, a legend in St. Louis broadcasting John Hewlett learns co-host on the KC95 morning show. Uh, I uh, know John, but have never interviewed John, and I was very anxious to hear uh, about his experiences that go back to the 1970s. He's been at KC since 1976, and he started on radio in St. Louis when he was 16. How about that? So, so many stories, so many interactions. Uh, I loved hearing what he had to say, get his perspective on the history of Keishi, uh, his interaction working with Learn Now. They've been doing a show together for seven years. And uh, and then also the schedule that he keeps during baseball season because he's the Cardinal PA announcer. So uh, he's going to bed sometimes, you know, I don't know, 12, 12.30, 1 o'clock if it's an extra inning game, and then getting up at 5 to go to his morning show. Holy moly. Uh, plus, we also delved into hair transplants. As it turns out, John has gotten some, uh, which then led to me debate, and then seeing the work done, and then thinking, now ah, you know what? You know what? Maybe that's the move. Maybe that's the move. So all of that is incorporated here and in a conversation that I really enjoyed having with Learn and John Hewlett from Casey 95 our guest this week, on the Tim McKernan Show. They're presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Learn and John Hewlett. John and Learn, it's so great to have you here. Hi. 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 Learn is a repeat guest, John. She's already been in the uh, podcast studio. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was actually like a year ago. It was. Or maybe, I think it was on our, we're going to be celebrating our seventh anniversary, John and I, as a show on the 17th of January, and mm-hmm. I think it was the 17th of January. We had really? our show, and then I came in here to talk to you guys, and uh, and I was like, felt like I was cheating on my show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. So, so welcome back. We'll do this. We'll do this every yes, year. Yes, we'll do this every year for our mm-hmm. anniversary. And so, uh, I, when 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 Lauren was in here, John, I was saying I'm envious of your stability. Do you recall this conversation? No, but go on. <laughs> God, you're so facetious. But I was saying, I've bounced around from like, for real, I think probably like eight radio stations. Like, I mean, all over the AM dial for the record. Uh, and you guys, like Emmis was just like this. I'm just like, oh, Emmis is the greatest. Yeah, steady and, ship. Yeah, and then meanwhile, like within like, like a week or two of that. So what was that experience like for you guys because I've, I've never been through something like the that. sale yeah the sale and like like but because now everybody's raving about how great Hubbard is yeah you know it's really true yeah yeah Hubbard is very similar they're structured very similar uh 
as as Emmis was with the you know, one person who was who's the domineering person in the company, even though Emmis was a public company and this is a private right. company. Before Emmis was public, it was like this. And um, yeah, the, the the good thing that people at the top uh, appear to be very stable and fair-minded and kind people. Yeah. So, you know, that makes a difference. Yeah. Jenny Morris now instead of Jeff Smollett. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it seems like everybody who went from Emmis now at Hubbard, because mm-hmm. I've had Scott Rizzuto in here, just like, oh, love it. Yes, yeah. very happy, very yeah. pleased. So. You know, because two of our stations, you know, we had four stations in the Emmis group. Two went to another company and then two went to Hubbard. Yeah. So... You know, we, we kind of kid each other back and forth, you know, who got the best end of the deal. <laughs> we, we feel like we yeah, got like it. you're in a good spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. So how many of those have you experienced in your career? Uh, well, that's just the second one. because that's uh, it. Yeah, I started at Casey in 1976, and Century Broadcasting owned them at the time and then sold to Emmis in 1984. And we were all freaking out back that's then. Right. That's how long Emmis yeah. I didn't realize it went back to the 80s. Wow. Yeah, 1984. So and we you were, were freaking out back in 84? Yeah, because, you know, uh, uh, we were being bought out by this company that was um, outside of the St. Louis area. And what did they know about Casey? What were they going to do to us, you know? And, and they were smart enough to just leave us alone, you know, and let, <laughs> let us build our own thing. And that's the similar kind of reaction we've gotten from, from Hubbard. Because when they bought Casey, they were like, uh, you know, the station's been so successful for so long in the marketplace. We don't want to mess it up. What do we do? Right. And they've kind of just said, hey, you guys know what you're doing. Just go do it. And yeah. so far, it's been good. Now, yeah. you know, markets and change, times change. Sure. Well, and they want to preserve the heritage of the station, which I think is really amazing. Because, I mean, I don't know. It would take some balls on somebody to, like, take call letters as iconic, I would think, and then go, we're going to just completely oh, yeah. blow it up. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I think that I would think, be a mess. I think the two most, and I could be wrong on this, maybe I'm missing one, and I, but KMOX and KC are like the two most signature radio stations, I would think, in the market. Am I yeah, missing yeah, anything? yeah. No, I would think so. Yeah. yeah, and so you wouldn't want to mess with that. So I'm legitimately curious. I've always heard these stories, like John Ewell started when he was like 16. <laughs> is, is that, is, are yeah. we? Are yeah, that's true. That's 16 years yeah. old. Mm-hmm. What in the world? Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know really how it happened other than uh, my... Uh, so I heard a radio, uh, commercial radio station uh, for a broadcast center, and I was in high school at the time. And Where'd you go? Were you DeBerg? DeBerg, yeah. I had heard DeBerg. DeBerg. School, I'm a yeah. south side guy. I grew up on Tam Avenue. My family still lives there, like a half mile from DeBerg. I'll be darn, yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, I went to broadcast center while I was still in high school, and the person who was putting KEZK on the air for the first time, it was going to be an elevator music station, uh, said uh, he was teaching at broadcast center. He said, "You want to come and work weekends?" I went, "Okay, sure." Mm-hmm. You know, ready to jump out of my shoes. I was so excited. <laughs> and then about uh, two weeks before they put it on the air, he said, uh, "Hey, our seven to midnight guy thing didn't work out. Can you work seven to midnight Monday through Saturday?" I was still a senior in high school. I said, "Absolutely." So that's how it started. I was, uh, um, I was a senior in high school when I got my first full time on air position oh, at KZK. Did people yeah. think that was cool? Uh, yeah, they did. My, oh, my, my classmates so. did, but yeah. then they tune in and they hear, you know, Montavani and uh, uh, Bill Conda, or what's this, uh, yeah, Bill Conda, if I can't think of the name of some of these guys, 101 Strings, you know, and everything. They say, what the hell kind of music is this? And I'd and I, and I do my thing for them. I'd say, hey, uh, it's easy. They just want me to talk every 15 minutes. All I got to do when the, when the reel of tape rolls ends at every 15 minutes, just go, K-E-Z-K. All music. All the time. That was it. That was it. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, that's cool, man. Oh, I was busting tables at Pietro's my senior year. I would have loved to trade spots with you. That's the yeah. greatest. Yeah. Um, so KZK is where it started. I didn't, it was with KZK where it started. Yeah, that's where, that's okay. where it started. Yeah. And were they under the same umbrella as KC? No, they were home okay. by Heptel, so, which was a company based in Hawaii. Wow. Yeah. All right. So then how did, was was it from KZK to KC? No, from KZK, then I was, then I, uh, oh, I kind of got in trouble because I was playing hockey with my buddies in the sales office and we <laughs> broke some uh, stuff on some people's desk. And uh, they said, man, this kid's probably too mature to, to, to keep doing this. So uh, they brought Joel Myers in. The former the voice former, of the Cardinals? Yeah. Voice the, of the Lake Show and the whole deal? Yeah. yeah. And, and still, like, I think he's the voice of the uh, the Pelicans in the oh, NBA, is right? isn't he? he's going to New Orleans. Yeah, now. he's in New Orleans doing that. Uh, yeah, he got that position uh, seven to midnight, and they put me on weekends. And then, so I went from there. I, went, I said, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. So I went to KIRL, which was a uh, adult contemporary top forty station based in a in a uh, trailer home in St. Charles County. What was and the frequency on KIRL? Fourteen sixty. Oh, so AM. Yeah, fourteen sixty. Okay. And I was playing uh, Captain and Tennille and um, uh, I don't know Eagles and uh, and their and their mid-70s period, and uh, that got old, too. So I got a job at Jefferson City. I worked in Jeff City for uh, eight months and then came to Casey in 76, oh, spring of 76. Right. Spring yeah. of 76. Yeah. Man. Learn, are you in awe of the legend you're working with every morning? At first, yeah, but not anymore. <laughs> no, I still adore John. And it's funny because, like, it's funny to me because I feel like, you know, like I said, like seven years this show in January 17th, like, I, I've we've gotten to know each other's families so well and like I don't know just become like friends I would say like and yeah. it's it's hard I mean you know how it is when you work with people like you become like so invested in their lives and you know everything about each other health everything like um, so yeah at first I was like holy crap which I told you this I thought at first when they set us up when Rick, ba Rick Bayless set us up together I thought oh my god like they're setting me up to fail because they are putting me next to this guy who knows everything and is like <laughs> iconic in St. Louis. Here I am, this nobody. Um, and, and then it only took like a week, I would say. That first week of us working together, like I, we made each other laugh and I yeah. think that was like it. So yeah. Um, yeah, I still love watching grown men like lose it over him or like come up to me at a remote and be like, I just love John so much, you know? <laughs> and so I wouldn't say it's worn off. I still know how important John is. And, um, but I, I, we're like human now. So it's, it's that. I don't know. That's just happened. Yeah, yeah. we. She, she makes me laugh all the time, yeah. and she's very talented and Thanks, and uh, very. Yeah, she is, and that that's why it worked right away too, because I could sense, um, and not just me, other people too, that yeah. uh, that she had something special, and that she loves this business, yeah. and that's the key, man. If if you love radio, then you got a chance. And because uh, there's a lot of ups and downs. Isn't yeah. chemistry one of those things? I mean, I think all of us can relate to it with different oh my people. God. But I mean, it's one of those things. It's either there or it's not. And with you doing it, as long as you've done it, what's your perspective on chemistry and the various? Obviously, you have it with learn, but yeah. throughout your career. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I mean, I, there, there's something inside me, I think, that uh, I'm chameleon-like. And it's probably not a good attribute uh, <laughs> because... You know, I end up taking on the, the personality sometimes of the people I've worked with. When yeah. I worked with Corcoran, I did that, and, and Smash, and, and different people. So uh, I, I'm not someone who really likes to rock the boat and 
I, I do have a, a, a shy side and I don't, I'm not a, an aggressive person and, and I don't have a domineering personality. So it's important for me to be able to, you know, meld in with who I'm working with. And m- maybe that's, that's been the key. I yeah, don't know. You but know. I would think that the, I would think if you're in a management position, then you would love that because you're not the guy who's going to rock the boat and probably has played a role in the, you know, well, I think it's held me back to a certain degree as well. Really I mean, interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, most radio people are, are very dynamic and, and confident and, and you know, willing to speak out on different things and issues, and that's what makes what good radio, really. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm the opposite of that in a lot of ways. So I, I think it's held me back to a certain degree. And um, no, I, this is the first time I've ever really been the morning show person that that handles in and out of the breaks and and things like that. More, but uh, you know, I'm 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 the um, agent provocateur yeah. kind of of the of the show. So, uh, first time it's ever happened for me. Everything else, I've always been, uh, you know, backup person, like a sidekick type type guy. So, which who, fit my personality probably. Yeah, more. I know what you're saying. So, yeah. who ha- who have your? You mentioned J.C. Corker and Smash. Who else have you worked with throughout your? Oh, Bird uh, came in. A guy named Bird. Uh, he works. He now works at the where? Where's he? He's at the Loop. At the Loop in mm-hmm. Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Rick Sanborn. Else? Rick Sanborn. Yeah, for several years. Uh, uh, and there have been some other people, Randy Raley, uh, Rich Dalton for a little while, Jim Ellis uh, was a guy that did morning shows with us for a while. Yeah, so there have been quite a few people that I've had uh, shows. Oh, uh, the guys from Atlanta. That was a team that they put me in with after Corcoran left the radio station in 87. They just put me in with these three guys from Atlanta to come in and try to make that local, make that happen. And oh, what? That quickly melted. Oh, how long uh, did it one last? guy, oh, one guy lasted six months. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make you cringe. Yeah, because yeah, those yeah. guys from Atlanta. And I'm like, oh, I can picture this like being a corporate thing that you knew wasn't going to work, but you yes. got to do it, and it's a mess. It was. It was. One guy lasted six months. The other guy lasted one year, and then the other guy lasted the contract, which I think was three years. Rob Buttery. He worked with Smash and I for a while, and he was he was talented. He was funny. I really liked him. I enjoyed working with him. As far as off air drama, I feel like. We know that it goes on, and then the audience has no idea. Like, we just try to keep it in the room, you know? Like, for I was saying something, we had something happen a couple weeks ago, and I said, for every one thing that makes its way into the newspaper, there have probably been 25 things that almost derailed the show mm. that we <laughs> just don't air publicly. Not bad, yeah. But doing what you're doing at the station you've been doing it, I would imagine that you have had plenty of things that I'm sure were public, and then also some things that were private, so... I'm asking for some of those near-death experiences. Oh. <laughs> Probably not with uh, you. I can't imagine with no, you. No, I mean, I, there hasn't been any, th- I don't know, at least I can't think of anything yeah. like crazy dramatic that's happened in the last yeah. like seven years that have... Well, we, we just lost one of our partners, uh, Carl the Intern. Yeah. That, yeah, I, that was I, the yeah, one yeah. thing. And, and that was public, though. That, yeah. that was public. Yeah, that was public, right. Uh, well, oh. my nuclear thing was public. Yeah. Uh, you know. Now, when you say your nuclear thing, it seems like that's a very powerful word. What's going His on? Bomb. John's big bomb is down. No. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, uh, in 1990, the um, United States went to war with Iraq. Here we go. And I, what do we got going on? So happened... Everybody just get close to the radio. Here we go. <laughs> it just so happened that I happened to be, I was watching a, a special on on pbs uh, about the 60s and had these great drop-ins of these old radio announcers saying things you know during the uh, what was going on back then and uh, uh and even stuff from the 40s and one of them was this old announcer going warning warning the united states is under nuclear attack and we just happened some having some people that morning call and say we need, need to drop a nuclear bomb on these 
you know, well, they used a terrible term, words. Terms, yes. right? Yeah. And uh, it just seemed to fit. And so I put together this, what I thought was a satirically uh, motivated piece of humor. And it was produced and it had that guy's voice in there. The biggest mistake I made is I put the actual uh, tone from the FCC in there. The, oh, like the emergency warnings? Yes, like the beeps? Yes. yes. Wow. And I put that in. So but people I also, thinking it was real. Well, they didn't uh, get the satire. Well, we had fake explosion. Don Pardo's voice was in it. Uh, you know, pots and pans hitting the ground. I mean, there were elements in there that also made it seem, you know, a spoof. And um, we played it between two songs. One of the songs we were coming out of was Ted Nugent's Wang Dang Sweet Poon Tang. <laughs> and who was going to take it serious, you know? <laughs> and some people started calling. And, and what were they saying? Were you taking the calls or was it calling uh, management? Smash, Smash and Smash I were in there, uh, there and uh, our producer, Caroline. And it seemed like, well, yeah, maybe made a mistake, but it's not going to be that big of a deal. And I told the guys in the room, since I'd had this seniority there, and I thought, and, and I was part of it, uh, putting it together, but Smash had over all say on what got on the air, actually. And I thought, I'm not going to put this on him. I'll just take the blame for it and go from there. And I even took a tape of it and gave it to Russ Mitchell at uh, Channel 4, yeah. who went on to CBS and right. hosted CBS Evening News yeah. for a long time. He was the reporter that day. And he took the worst part of that thing mm. and just played it over and over and over and made me uh. sound like the biggest criminal Oh, that's to worst. ever be born and raised in the city of St. Louis. Oh gosh. I remember being at home that night when it started breaking and I was in bed getting ready to you know, go to work the next morning and the 10 o'clock news came on and my wife was in the bed as well and the headline started with me <laughs> and my face popped up on the TV screen and I just remember just sinking <laughs> in my bed like, this ain't going to be good. <laughs> so... <laughs> so uh, one thing led to another. The station was never going to find me or suspend me because they, they knew what the deal was. But the Cardinals got word of it. And this was in the middle of January, too. Bob Hyland at KMOX, who ran the station at the time, oh, yeah. saw an opportunity to get me out of the PA position and put somebody from his station in. So he went to Fred Kuhlman, Baron Von Kuhlman, as we called him back then. <laughs> I remember the Fred Kuhlman era. Yeah. They called him and said, hey, look what this guy did. You need to get rid of him. And... Uh, and Coleman told Marty Hendon to fire me. So, and nobody was even, you know, it had nothing to do with the Cardinals, not connected to the Cardinals whatsoever. But that happened. And then the station, I had to tell the station, suspend me or something, okay? I mean, get the heat off me, will you? So they suspended me for a week, and then the FCC fined uh, Emmis $25,000. Wow. And it was one of the biggest fines at the time. And um, we agreed that I would pay half, and Emmis paid the other half. And I paid about two paychecks worth of it, because they were taken out of my paycheck. And I said, I don't like this. An opening on Sunday mornings came for the Casey Morning Classic Show, the Sunday Morning Classic Show. And I said, how about this? How about if I work a six-day week instead of paying this fine? You guys pay the rest of it, and I'll just do work Sunday mornings. Okay. Good deal. Great deal. Great deal for everybody. I made a lot of money off yeah. that show. Uh, <laughs> you actually profited off of that. Yes. <laughs> so I didn't realize that you got let go by the Cardinals, but obviously you were brought back. Yeah. So when did that happen? Uh, well, this is, I missed the 90 season. No, the only season which, they finished in last place, like in recent history. <laughs> yeah, my timing Did you know good. that, Learn? Did yes, you know I did. That? I know you how bad it is. I know how bad things that. are. Wait till I start asking terrible. John about golf. It's going to be like ambient for I'm going to just throw up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you only missed that one season? No, I missed that season in 91. I missed uh, that season. I did a few fill-in games for Mike Kelly because he was doing some other stuff. 
And then I was back in in 92. And it was August Bush the fourth that got me back in, in the job because uh, Fred Coleman had quit. And uh, they brought in a new guy whose name for the life of me, I can yeah, never I remember. Stuart Meyer? Yes, Stuart oh. Meyer. Stuart Meyer. Nice. And did August, that, yeah, that was fantastic, man. <laughs> yeah, I got a weird memory on the Cardinals. <laughs> and uh, uh, August Bush IV uh, said, uh, I, I met him at a bar at, at o, uh, Club O at the Ch- uh, Chase Park Plaza oh, yeah, one night. Sure. And we were talking and... Uh, like he, a couple of spies or something? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. meet you there. <laughs> no, no, I just, uh, he just happened to be in there. Oh. Uh, I don't know how it really happened, but and we started talking. He listened to the, the show when I was on with Corcoran and... Uh, uh, I told him what happened, and he said, well, my guy's in there now. I'm going to get you back in. And he did. Yeah, I, I've always wondered this part. How do you manage being there until some, I mean, what are these extra inning games like on a Tuesday night, and you got to be, yeah. like, what time do you, I know we talked about it, what time do you get up? I, I see you tweet about, like, your various alarm times that yeah, you yeah. have. <laughs> my alarms start going off at 4, and then sometime between 4 and, like, 4.35, I <laughs> arrise. Up. Okay. Yes. What, is you, what, are, what are you on as far uh, as getting... at 4.30. 4.30, okay. Yeah. Out of season, uh, you know, I'll get up at 4.30 and I'll, I'll, I'll go to work. But in season, I got to, you know, I just got to I gotta lay in bed later. I'll, I'll push it till 5, 5... 5.15 with no shower some mornings, you know, and just zip on down there. We're a little closer now that we're at, on Olive than we were yeah. when we were downtown. Right. So that's that's a little better. But, um, yeah, um, it's tough. It's tough. It's getting tougher, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. You, as I get older, as yeah. I get older. Because I used to, I mean, up until I turned 60, I'd go to bed. As soon as my pillow hit, head hit the pillow, I'd be out. Wouldn't wake up till the alarm went off. Well, that doesn't happen often. I mean, as often as, as it used to. So, so there's no recovery time. time. Asleep? Yeah, there's no recovery time. Yeah. yeah it's so, got to be so it's a, it, tough. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I thought that, whatever, 15, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. I just I was like, how does he do that? Like, because Jim Hayes, who I post my thing with, sometimes they have a game and he's on the air at Fox Sports Midwest until 1230, you know, if it's an right. extra inning game. And then here he is. Or sometimes they'll land from New York City, you know, a game yeah. series against the Mets. Two in the morning, but here he is. I'm just like, how do you guys do this stuff, man? Well, I mean, I make it my yearly mission. I mean, I really do. I try to stay in good shape. You know, I run. I do things that, uh, you know, promote uh, you know, to at least get some decent sleep and um, and stuff like that. I'm not on any medications or anything like that. I just, uh, I, I, hopefully that's, maybe that's the reason why. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, if I weren't uh, healthy, it'd be a lot more difficult. Knock on some wood here. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Do you sleep in the, on the weekends? Yeah, I do sleep on the weekends. Yeah, like, sleep I slept till 10 this past weekend. I'm like, nice. oh my God. How, and I have a one-year-old. Wow. I'm I like, can't do that. Oh, you got a one-year-old? Yeah. Oh, man, I envy you. I, <laughs> yeah. loved, I loved raising my kids. Do you? I loved being Lauren a father. Lauren said when you were uh, in here last week, or last year, you said the thing that she admires most about you, just think, I remember because I went back and listened to our, our podcast, and the thing that she admires most about you is just the greatest parent ever. Oh, well. Which is well, just like the, which is like the greatest compliment, you know? So... Raising your kids, that also with the schedule had to be. Yeah. And I guess in some ways it wouldn't be bad, but when, the, when you have to get up early in the morning and then you have the Cardinals and you're going down to Bush Stadium at whatever time, what time do you go down there, by the way? Uh, I get there about an hour before the game. Okay, because yeah, yeah. I know you do a lot of stuff on the field for like yeah. promotional. A lot of field ceremonies, yeah. yeah. But yeah, raise. I can't get enough of being a parent. I had no idea how much I would love it. Yeah. Like I'm so leveraged by how much I love my son. It scares me. That's so yeah. Cool. yeah. See, that's the thing. Yeah. You do get scared. I'm vulnerable. Very, I'm, I'm and usually maybe, like, I'm like in control of everything. I'm like, oh my yes. God, I'm no longer in control of anything. Yeah. And maybe for the first time in your life, 
Yeah. You know? That's it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I, but I so how old that. are your uh, children? Well, they're growing now. My oldest is 27. Uh, wow. Really? Yeah. Uh, Ab- uh, Olivia, Abigail is 22 and uh, Sophia is 19. Okay. Are they girls. all in St. Louis? Yeah. So far, we're lucky. Yeah. But I had one get married last year. Yeah. I got one getting married this year. And... Uh, That'll that'll yeah. stretch the pocketbook. Yeah. Oh yeah. Twenty eighteen was a busy year. We had a college graduate, high school graduate, and a wedding oh, and, a, and an yeah. engagement. Oh my god. So, yeah. He's exhausted. That's yeah. why you're still oh, going god. down to Bush Stadium right. until midnight. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. I mean, I just have always been highly motivated for whatever reason in my life. I've always had a pretty good motor inside for whatever reason, and I'm just going to keep running it until it 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 dies. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Hope you're enjoying the conversation with Learn and John Hewlett here on the Tim McKernan Show. Hey, Mark Hanna is the presenting sponsor of our guests every week on the program. And uh, this is the start of the year, which means this is the time to get things ready to go for the new year. New year, new you, good to go. And with Mark Hanna at Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com, he can do that for you. Plus... I know it's not anything anybody really likes to think about, but it is reality. Uh, Tax season is coming up. You're probably getting some of your forms in the mail, as the case might be here over the next couple of weeks, or maybe you've already received them. Mark can help you out there. 314-889-0503, 314-889-0503, or online at evergreenstl.com. If you do the math, if we're talking about your gross pay, your biggest expense is going to be taxes. Again, that's your your gross check. It's taken out. So the goal would be to try and figure out the best way to navigate your situation individually. And that's what Mark Hanna does. He organizes people's financials and gives you a plan. And so many of our listeners have reached out, which is thrilling for me, because when I know I'm recommending a good client to the audience and then I start hearing that they're calling, that makes me uh, excited because I know you're going to be in good hands. And Mark Hanna is the person. He's at 314-889-0503 or online at evergreenstl.com. It's Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Did, are, you, are you thinking, you know what? I want to, like I had Mike Bush in here last year and he kind of, and I wasn't expecting, he's kind of like, you know, it's probably coming to a point where I might not, because Mike Bush looks to me exactly how he looked in yes. 1985. And it's, it's scary. You know, he's got the exact same hair, which <laughs> yeah. totally well, That helps me you off. to keep all your hair. Oh, I know. Yeah. I started losing mine when I was 18. It's a whole thing. Got him from uh, It was a mess. Yeah. Absolute mess is what yeah. I tell you. Why do you have that, why do you have that look on your face? <laughs> well, I, no, I'm just like, <laughs> just shave it. Like, I'm well, pro, I'm pro shave the head if it's not. I do, but I was in television at first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And why do you say it like, oh, yeah, well, like you kind of dismiss well, that Well, here's career. what I think about that. There needs to be like a baldness factor on television like there needs to be an equal She's part standing up for the bald I am standing up of america for real like i feel like how women are we always have things against us like you can't look a certain way like or whatever men have that with baldness that yes. they, like tv anchors how how many bald anchors do you see Very how few. many toupees do you see on the tv right like we should be letting that just fly. Yeah, there are very few, which is why, because I knew I was getting into, t- so help me, my first, what did you go to, you probably didn't even have to go to, did, where'd you go to school? Do you go to Broadcast Center? Do you go yeah, to university? Yeah, broadcast okay. Center, yeah. So I went to Missouri Journalism School, and so help me, my first day, my first live shot ever at KOMU, which is the NBC affiliate down there, I got my prescription for Popetia. And I swear that I tell people, I'm not sure which one was more important in my career, the Propecia prescription 
or my first live shot going well. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, yeah, you know, but back in yeah. like the late nineties, it's like, you got to sure. have a full head of hair. Yeah. yeah. Now it's okay. But I can like Scott Van Pelt on ESPN. You probably see him. Sure. Yeah. He's got a shaved head, but there aren't a whole lot. You're no. right. Thank you for taking, thank you for taking up. This I pause. am yeah. for the people. <laughs> You're for shaving the head. <laughs> yeah. I almost got hair transplants. John I did. did. You did. Yes. So I think that looks great. You know, uh, and, and I and I have so, so much. Do? Look at all this donor hair I got. This is donor hair. I love this. That's Thank the donor I'm region. I'm going to like review this yeah. like the Zapruder film. I'm going to go through it. Yeah, really get in get, there. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they're saying they tell me come back and they'll put some more up there if I want. This is know? great. And, and I'm thinking about it. You know? I think give it looks good. Yeah, give some of Let me see. Do you have donor hair? Let's take a look at it. And I haven't shaved my head like in three days, so you'll actually get to see it. Oh my gosh! Look at that donor hair. You need to start growing it out. Out everywhere. No, you do. Well, if Kim, I grow it, you do. Out, I think I'll look like like the bishop, you know, where I, oh, I don't have anything on top. Well, yeah. Wasn't that one of the great? Like Sherwood Forest. <laughs> that was one of the great bets. Was it last year or the year before uh, with Matt Holiday? He bet some money on the team that whoever I don't know hit fewer home runs or whatever had to let their hair grow oh, out. No way, I didn't yeah, know about and this he had bet. to let his his bald hair grow out. Oh, best thing looked, ever. It looked like a mess. Yeah. Now, see, <laughs> now on the contrary, so I'm for baldness on newsmen. On the contrary, I am for long hair on ball players. Oh. You like long-haired ball players. I do. I feel like it's the... Who are the long-haired ball players? I don't like? know their names. I just know their yeah, faces. I, know, I, knew, I knew. Yeah. Well, well every Cardinals year... don't have, I don't think. I guess Michaelis, who? Harrison, Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader did, Bader. thank you. you. Did his action. Who was it? Um, there was one that I was really into a couple Jacob years DeGrom. ago. Who was like a center fit. He's gone now. Mm, keep going. Mm, yeah. Gritchick. Gritchick. I bet it was Gritchick. It was Randall Gritchick. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gritchick. Yeah. Randall Gritchick. Yeah, and yeah. so I really dug that. Love Gritchick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm all about that. And I can't remember. You either really liked beards or didn't like I beards. I do like beards. You do like your beard. Tim, and your husband has a beard. My Tim just shaved off his winter beard, and everybody was like, we went to our pickleball uh, game, and we've only been going to this place with Ruth and John for, like, maybe a few weeks. And Tim shaved off his uh, beard because he had a really big one, and people were walking up to him at pickleball last Wednesday going, Oh, you shaved your beard off. So people like, he has this legendary styled beard. And um, yeah, he shaved it off and he looks like a yeah. boy now. <laughs> like, what, do you, what do you like better? Well, and he shaved his hair off too. So I like, um, I like him bald up top or shaved up top and then big old beard. And now we have no hair on the head. And I'm like, you have to grow one out. You I'm are like, not happy. Yeah, I'm so, like, this is not working. My wife said <laughs> I had a long beard for most, much of, no, not much, like four or five months of 2018. And my wife says it ruins our pictures from the first eight months of my, our son's life. That's a pretty damning statement. Is, how much he hates, hates my hated my beard. So when did you get the hair transplant? I'm legitimately curious yeah, about this. Uh, what was uh, I guess three and a half years? Uh, yeah, three and a half years. So do they do ago. the thing where they like take the strip out and then start? No, well it in? they do that. Yeah, you, know, you can get that done. And there are different reasons why you might want to do that versus the uh, artist robotic hair transplant. Procedure, What's that right there? I don't know what you just said. Right you, there's you, a big word. Yeah, you come in. It's, it's a it's a it's a robot that you put your head in this uh, thing, in this uh, contraption. <laughs> contraption. And, I, and I'm claustrophobic, so for me, oh, I had to overcome yeah. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I was able to do it because because they kind of got locky in there, you know, and and uh, just this thing just one follicle at a time takes the hair out. Does it hurt? No, no, no. It was. I, I tell you. From the very beginning of the process to the very end, when I was 100% healed and everything, I didn't take one aspirin for pain. Oh, my God. Nothing. Now, I did it about four or five days after. I did feel some aching in there, and I said, I'm going to see how much I can take, you know, because I just want to be able to be honest to the people about what kind of pain they'll experience with this. And that's the truth. That's what it was right there. I held off, and I said, I can deal with it. I can deal with it, and I didn't take anything. Do you know how many, what do they call it? 
graphs or so I had sixteen hundred graphs. Wow. So you're going to sit there for you know about three three four hours for the computer to take the um, robot to take each follicle out, and then uh, the nurse or administrative person and they split them up, make sure that they're all healthy and everything, and then the doctor comes in and you'll sit comfortably in a chair mm-hmm. watching a movie, whatever. They'll numb your head right there. So, you know, you feel the needle prick a little bit. Right. No big, not a big deal. And uh, they put them in. And so did you have this done in St. Louis? Was it done yeah, in St. Yeah, Louis? Yeah, really? Hans Wyman. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, so you wouldn't have had, so you didn't have anything up there before? I had nothing. I was totally bald up here. How about that? Yeah. What do you think of this, Learn? You've been working with them before. Oh, and I right? encouraged me, man. She was. I did. She was I, I was encouraging. It. Well, I also said I was like, "Ball is beautiful, but do what you want." So, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, like a ringing endorsement. <laughs> it's not like you're totally on board. I, well, I didn't want it. I didn't want it to backfire by any means, and it well, did. How would yeah. it backfire? What would happen? I don't know. I didn't want him to come in and have like. <laughs> This like galleon a... hair that's just, and then he gets an ego, and then we have to well, because he's a full head of hair. Now he has he's an all ego. Oh, it's like so whipping his hair, and then I'd have to leave. So, so I was looking at doing it in 2007, but it wasn't going to be in St. Louis, and I was going to go to Vancouver. I had researched this oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a place called Hassan and Wong. It was supposedly the best, and I, I had just gotten a job in New York, is a television job, and the guy who hired me, Kurt Gowdy Jr., the son of uh, Kurt yeah, Gowdy. Yeah. Uh, he, he told my agent, he goes, Hey, can you just tell Tim, we want him to grow his hair out? And I'm like, yeah, I'd like to be six, three also, but these things aren't going to happen. <laughs> so I'm like, I guess I'll go get hair transplants. And it's super expensive. I don't know what this cost, but I mean, it was really expensive and it was going to be like, they pull out the, they, they cut out the flesh yes, yes. and then they like put them in. And I didn't realize it takes like six months to come in. So I would have been on the air in New York and they would have just been ripping me apart. Because yeah. I would have had like I look like a chia pet, you know? Like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's the thing. But the one hair at a time thing, man, you don't get that chia pet. Oh, I mean, it's just you look know, at you or natural. the plug look. Like I've never looked at you and thought, yeah. like I don't even think about it. Yeah, to it be looks completely natural. Honest. Well, Cam Jansen, yeah. who who does the show yes. at KFNS, he got it done as well, and he was really into. He's like, I'm losing my hair. I'm like, I don't see you losing your hair at all. But you know, I mean, you know when it's coming out. What are his results? Are they? It good? looks good. I think yeah. it looks good. You yeah. know who else had him? You wouldn't expect it. I don't know if you remember Joe McGrain. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. Not, he used to be on MLB Network. He wasn't even Cardinal. losing his hair. And he went and had a hair transplant. Prevent That's how, defense, man. Yeah, prevent, prevent defense. defense. That was right. me with the Propecia. I knew it was coming out. See this yeah. whole thing? Yeah. This whole, so this sorry, whole thing. sorry, you guys. I know. Yeah. I like this, you though. have wonderful hair. You have wonderful well, hair. Well, see, yeah. you talk about that. I had a girl, my friend Kelly does my hair, and she was at my house literally Saturday. She comes what, to your house to do your she hair. She comes to my this house. This is the FM radio world I can't relate to, where people come well, to your home to do your hair. She comes because I feed her and pay her, <laughs> and she drinks my tea, but she's doing a roll cut because my hair's been, I've had a lot of breakage because I've been what does that curling. Mean? So I've been curling my hair on the but weekend. What's breakage? Breakage is when your hair breaks. And so, like, if you look Still at, don't know what that means. Like, the back of my hair, like, there's some shorter pieces than normal, and that is because it's broken off. And, um, Anyway, she had to do a roll cut where she takes this and she sn- she trims the hair that sticks out from like rolling it through her fingers. I don't know, it's some crazy thing. Hmm. That took about two hours. Not yeah. as invasive as what you guys have done. But <laughs> well, I didn't wind up doing it. She doesn't numb your head before she does She's it. She's right? not no, numbing. No. <laughs> so are you gonna go back and get more? I might. I don't know. I'm 61 years old now. It's like I don't know. I'm probably. <laughs> how much longer do I have? You're giving I don't know. up. Great. <laughs> what, I'm gonna let myself wife go. <laughs> <laughs> What's your wife think? Was she a fan of it? Yeah. What do you think going in? Was she like, oh, what are you doing? No, or no. She like, she everybody was supportive. Yeah. Everybody was supportive. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I, uh, I wanted 
to do it also so I could be helpful to other people who I know would be struggling with the same thing I was struggling yes. with. Yes. I mean, uh, I that, no was not, that was a big, big motivator for me. I said, if I can do this, if I can successfully get through this, I think I can help other people. And that's... So I would imagine yeah. you know some guys who have now since done it because you talked yeah, about well, it. Yeah, well, there have been... N- and they probably got a hell of a lot more than 1,600 uh, graphs, right? Is that yes, what they call graphs? Yes, yeah. yeah. A, a few people have mentioned to me that but they see, have you, done... You know Brian Urlacher is the former uh, Bears yeah. middle linebacker. Learned, you know who Brian Urlacher I've is? heard Urlacher before. <laughs> okay. Was he the guy that kicked the ball the other night? Or? <laughs> no, he was oh. not. But same team. Oh, good. I mean, that, was, that wasn't that. bad. That was kind of a shot in the dark they hit. Uh, but uh, he... You know, he he had a he was like you know, badass dude, big middle linebacker yeah. for the Bears, and he always had shaved his head, and then he got hair transplants, and now he looks like Kevin James, you know. Oh uh, my. And I'm kind of like, ah, why'd you mess with <laughs> it? Kevin you were in a James. good spot. Really? You know oh yes, here, Paul thanks, Blart. Pete. What are, what's going on here? Oh, thank you, Pete. He looks handsome. Oh, oh okay. But also nice well, ball. That's what I'm saying. He didn't need to do it, and that's that's what I fear my result would be. You know, I'd look like like I'm running. That you look like Kevin hmm. James. That I'd look like Kevin James exactly. But you know, but you don't know what he had to, you don't know what kind of donor hair See, he had. See, this donor hair thing is apparently it's very huge. important. Very huge. How if do you, you know if you got good if, donor if, hair? Well, well, if you don't have enough to move up there, then you, you can't you're not, you're not a good candidate. The male baldness, like, doesn't invade back here, right? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, yes, it, well, well, it, it depends. See, it depends. I just have, like, a spot. And that's because yeah. I stopped taking Propecia in 2006. Yeah, well, I'm like, I'm not going to go back into TV. It's 90 bucks a month. I'll just stop spending the money. And then I'm like... Eight months later, I'm like, you know what? I'll grow my hair back out. I'm like, oh, my God, it's not growing back out. Yeah. It's like crack for your hair. Well, this hair around here is your DNA will not let it die. It will always right. be there. So that's what they that's what they look for. How much of that you got? Uh-huh. And they can tell, you know, and they can tell by by doing the, 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 the you know, studies and looking at it real close in the microscope. And then they, they only take the ones that they know are going to be good. So mm-hmm. you got to have enough to move. You know, maybe he didn't have, maybe he wasn't yeah. a good candidate. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and he went with it anyway. I, you want, know? I, mean, I want to come back like like Rod Blagojevich hair. That's why I <laughs> oh want to my. come back. Yeah, I mean, I want yeah. to go that late. What do you think about yeah. that? Well, I think that'd be really nice. Yeah. 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 So sarcastic. You go to jail, it'll be great. <laughs> so, sarcastic. so sarcastic. So I'm curious at all, because last year when Lauren was in here, she was talking about uh, the people that she's met in music. So we've met, and you've, knew, you've met a lot of people in baseball, of course. So we kind of know the what it can be like behind the scenes. And sometimes it's not as good as fans would necessarily want it to be. But in music, I would imagine you've met like some of the biggest names yeah. in, in like the history of rock and roll. Yeah, uh, I have. Um, and I'm embarrassed to say, and it, it really, you know, kind of lets people know what kind of memory I have. Here, let's all shift. I, I know I've had some of these people and I've just forgotten. You really? Because Vaz and I are doing this uh, podcast now called The Casey Tapes, where we take old interviews that we've done uh, and and we, we we don't just play them back. We we talk about them as we play them back and make commentary what we remember from it or what we were thinking or what they said and why they might have said what they said at that particular time. And we kind of, you know, uh, dissect it. And we're talking about all these people that I've, that he's interviewed. And I said, you know what? I think I also interviewed him. I might have. I don't know. And as it turns out, as I continue to do more research i did and i have no memory at all it's a long time it. though i mean it's, like 43 it's embarrassing years. to say that it makes me sound like an egomaniac like oh i met paul mccartney but i don't remember no. it you know it's like i have not met paul mccartney i, I, think, so, say, I would think you would remember that one i, I interviewed him on the phone once did that you? was it yeah yeah but uh, yeah there are there a bunch of them but i watched that casey documentary and it's like it sounds like that I mean, people would come to, doesn't sound like people came to KC in Crestwood, and it was like the thing. I mean, it yeah. was like the yeah. absolute best. Like they would, I mean, the odds now of an artist, I mean, I know you guys do have that, but the odds of an artist 
coming in for a you know an appearance yeah. and then like just hanging out. That's what it sounds like. It, it was. That's exactly what it was. Oh my god! You know, the uh, best. And, and I mean, it, it kind of happens today with younger artists, I guess, with radio stations. Sometimes. And, and that's that's the way it was back then. These people were just young people and just trying to make their way. They had no idea they're going to be superstars right. yeah. someday. Well, that's why it's still so and important, they, I think, to have younger bands or up and coming bands still have some sort of exposure to FM radio because it's like, yeah. who knows what's going to happen? You know, like they, yeah. like Greta Van Fleet right now is so hot, right? Everybody loves them. I, I had to go to them to interview them at the pageant. It's like, I would love for them to come in and, and do an acoustic set on the show that, you know, but sometimes they just go from doing well and they just skyrocket yeah. out and they don't even need radio anymore or, you know, or radio overlooks them and they, we never invite them in or, you know, you just can't make it happen. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that atmosphere back then was just uh, special. You know, it's hard to put it into words because it was just a little, little building that was in a open lot, a vacant lot in Crestwood, right off Watson Road, across. Which is where Crestwood Best Plaza. Buy is now, correct? Yes, There's like yeah. there was a Best Buy. I don't know if it's still Best Buy. Yeah, it's not, no, it's it's closed. Uh, so it's a parking lot now. But yeah, and uh, you know, we were off the road and down the hill a little bit, so we could do whatever we wanted. You know, nobody bothered us. And uh, there was decadence, there was uh, a fun, there was a excitement, there was a, you know, a whole music genre that was unfa- un- unfolding and unveiling right there with, uh, with us all at that time. And, you know, we, had no, we, were t- we took new albums by legendary artists now for granted. Oh, he's got another album. Oh, he's got another album. He's got another album. Oh, yeah. It was just constant. You know, there were, there were so many of them at, at that time. And, and uh, to have them all, not all, but many of them come by and, and hang out with the radio station. I remember one time I was outside the station, just standing outside for whatever reason, and a green rambler comes down the driveway, and a guy gets out, and it's Billy Joel. Oh, my and, gosh. Yeah, he had hitchhiked to the station. He got picked up by some dude driving a green rambler and dropped him off. And he said, I'm Billy Joel. I'm supposed to do an interview here. I said, oh, come on in. Mark Close did the interview. And <laughs> wait, 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 Do you have ballpark idea of what year that was? That was uh, 76. 677 wow. just before it was after piano man but just before all he the other he absolutely blew up yeah, yeah. uh you know, i wonder who and, picked him up i don't know nobody green rambler who had yeah, that? nobody it was yeah wasn't it wasn't a big deal then now uh, as, a, as it might be today if somebody picked up billy joel hitchhike and you know <laughs> you, that guy that guy'd be all over the internet yeah, yeah, you right. know um but uh yeah, I mean, Harry Chapin, uh, just a bunch of them. Just, uh, and we got a bunch of photos with them, uh, Fleetwood Mac. And if you go to our, our museum, you'll see you'll see me with my oh. freaky-ass hair and, and uh, clothes, po- terrible clothes. Oh, God, no. Oh, my gosh. It have you seen awesome. this stuff? I assume John you've seen this stuff. The, have I seen <laughs> yeah. it? Oh, my God, yeah. When I started at 08 at the station, which is kind of awkward to say now since we're such great friends and love each other, I always thought I was like, if I would have been around in 76, John Eulett and I would have been dating. Oh my God! You were so. Cute. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. that. I like that. A good yeah, thing? yeah. No, yeah. I, you got the hair transplants. You just heard that. Yeah, you got everything well, going he's now. Got, he's got it all. No, but for real, John had the best style. You always make fun of yourself, but like, seriously, all the if you look back at some of his style choices in the the, the those days, I mean. Hmm. It was pretty fly. Really? The, uh, <laughs> the, the bib overalls with no t-shirt underneath? Was... You had that? Like the Dazed and Confused look? Yes. That, that oh, movie you got was that. based on him. That oh, movie's based on John? I didn't <laughs> Dazed know and Confused. This. I didn't know that, that was the case. I gotta pull that up. I you. gotta see this. I would have loved... I mean, it's it's so fun to like... I mean, you're how old are you, Tim? What do you think? How old do you think I am? 37. You were about to say 34, I noticed. I did, but then I, I'm going to be 34, so I knew that couldn't be right. I am 42. Oh, nice. Are you really? <laughs> you, you really don't think I was 37. <laughs> Look at that. Now, I wouldn't put... 
Look at that. I mean, you look like you're high out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great fight. That's a great picture. Oh, my God. Who yeah. are you with there? Uh, she was a young lady who worked in the front office there. Uh, Becky Young was her name. <laughs> Becky Young. Young. Yeah. Yeah. She's just cute. babes everywhere. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, that documentary, it sounded like you guys were just ha hanging out. That's what it was. And then, like, huge artists, although, I, like you said, you didn't realize that you were amongst legends at the time. Yes. Would just, like, come on by. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's incredible. If you got off the air, after you got off the air, you just stayed there. You just, because that's hung where out. everything was. Because that's where, and were people, you know, And it was cool just to, like, hang out. Yeah. Assuming we can say this and, like, have booze and smoke weed and just be like, this is cool. Oh, some people did. Yeah. yeah. Not not the booze part. So the weed, uh, <laughs> some people had the weed. But uh, and that's another thing about me. And Learn will yeah, vouch I will for this. And Mark Close my, uh, as well. We were the straightest dudes Isn't out there. Right? Really? Yeah, we didn't smoke anything. We didn't do any drugs. We didn't do anything. But somehow we survived in this yeah. morass of decadence. You know, like how the hell I like we that do morass it? Morass of decadence. Yeah. It's gonna be my fantasy my, football team name. My, yes, that's awesome. My favorite is people will come up to me and go, "I used to smoke weed with Mark Close in my basement," and I'm like, "No, you did it." And I have yeah, no reason to say that, but I really do trust. Like you, you and yeah, Mark. Why would like, they why, not say it? Why would you just right. say it? Right. But it really, they're like, "No, we didn't partake in any of that." Like, so it's really funny that people have these. These false memories yeah. of that. Even my daughters have said to me, said, did you really not smoke weed back in the day? And I said, I really didn't. Yeah. She says, well, my friend's parents say bullshit. Because <laughs> I'm telling you. It's, it's hard to believe. Yeah, why I know. wouldn't you say it? Yeah. Oh, it seems like it was the best. So, like, these artists would come by. I mean, I assume they were, they were cool. Otherwise, why would they be hanging out, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was just a special time. I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I think back on it and, you know, as time goes on, memory starts to fade and, and I don't quite uh, remember as much as I'd love to, to remember. But, yeah. You know, it's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it helps to be around some of these, uh, you know, we have these gatherings every once in a while and guys will start talking and start helping you remember stuff. Yeah, you know? I remember but, how great uh, it was. But, yeah. Um, I mean, it's crazy stuff, too. I remember my buddy used to come up. I worked 7 to midnight. And he'd come up at midnight, and we'd go get something to eat. And uh, one night, he happened to have his twenty-two rifle in the in the trunk of his car, and there were some rabbits running around out in the field there. And he just took his and he John, shot the rabbits. John, going to bother That's terrible. I know. Bother was, what was it? John, who was shooting? I know. I know. Right. I was. I was. I was cheering him on. No. John, uh, terrible. <laughs> I mean, he went rabbit hunting in the field right there. Well, you know. oh, this is how much you've changed then from then to now. Because remember when I hit the rabbit with my car that morning? The city bunny and I was a mess. I I accidentally ran over this rabbit coming into work when we were. Is the rabbit the no longer with us? Rabbit totally dead. So I'm upset. I'm literally upset. I'm crying. I'm telling him about it. He's like, oh, "I'm so sorry." And then like I, we talked about it on the air. Ended up making a donation to like the Humane Society in this rabbit's honor. The city bunny that was homeless. Yeah. That's a nice, I mean, that's a lovely gesture. Thank you. He's laughing at you. That's unfortunate. So he was, a lovely gesture. he was cheering on the guy shooting him in the 70s, and then he was also he's cheering evolved. me on with my Humane Society <laughs> donation. Well, I've, I've evolved. Yeah, I've evolved. Learn and John Hewlett joining me in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. The HomeLoanExpert.com studios is where we are and where we are talking it over. And this is all because of the great Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly online at thehomeloanexpert.com. If you're buying a home, if you're refinancing a home, what you want to do is make sure that you're doing business with the best in the business, and that's Ryan Kelly. He's online at thehomeloanexpert.com. The thing with Ryan Kelly is if you're going to be buying a home, he can turn things around quick, fast, in a hurry. His staff truly is incredible. 
Uh, and so you're going to be able to get things done much quicker and much more effectively with the homeloanexpert.com than anywhere else. That's why his business continues to grow because they get things done right. They save people money and it's taken care of. It's Ryan Kelly, the homeloanexpert.com, the sponsor of the studios here on the Tim McKernan show. So I look at when I, I started in radio, I was doing television at channel four in 2000 through 2005 and it started in radio in 2002. And like when I started in TV, it was like, I don't know if I would call it a big deal, but it seemed like you, you knew who was on in each sports department. Now I probably cared more because that's what I was doing. Now I don't, I have no idea who's at yeah. places. I know Martin's still at channel two and Frank's at channel five and Doug's at channel four. But now I feel like with radio, it's like more people pay attention to like talk radio, but now everybody has a podcast, you know? And it's, so it's like getting on the air, even though you're not really on the air, isn't as unique. Mm -hmm. Whereas the personality, I'm sure at KC, like you guys were gods, you know, back in the day, because it was one of only a handful of places playing rock and roll music. So I realize this is as broad a question as it gets, but when you look at when, from when you started to what you see in 2019, what are some of the biggest differences that you see with our business? Well, yeah, I think, well, that's a big thing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, if, if you just got on the air at a radio station, that was a big deal, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as, as time has gone on, uh, I don't want to say uh, that people who are on the air today are have less talent than people had back then, because that wasn't the case at all either. There are so many talented people out there that can do radio that had no idea that that was something that they could actually do. Yeah. So... Uh, I think it's the it's just the the the, the availability to, to have access to the airwaves now to a lot more people has made the the, the product better you know made people better as announcers uh, much wasn't even required of us back in those days you had to have a good voice that was the thing you had to have a voice yeah. you know and and um, uh, and you know as well as I do there's a bunch of dumbasses with good voices <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and, 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 and a bunch of smart people that have horrible voices yeah. and they get out there and could be engaging and entertaining. So it's it's just gotten wide open, and I think that's the biggest uh, thing that I noticed. Just yeah. To, you know. do, do you uh, do you see the future of like music radio changing as people or especially like younger people like I don't even I mean I, like I talk about iTunes or like iTunes forget about yeah. that Spotify Pandora whatever the case I don't might know, be it's hard for me to really answer because I'm not aware of all the technology that's available out there to be honest with you I mean I know things have changed Learn would probably be a better person to to answer that question but uh, yeah for me uh, it uh, I worry about radio music radio yeah oh, yeah. yeah no I do too I, Casey, you guys still have the, I think they're the number one points number one Casey's number two whatever mm -hmm. I mean still and they're both under the Hubbard umbrella so yeah, yeah God bless yeah. um no, you know, I, I think that like Spotify doesn't worry me as much. Like I and like I'm a subscriber to Apple Music. I love Apple Music. Um I, I don't look at that as the main competition for us. I do look at podcasts and how big that has boomed just in the last handful of years. That that is a growing platform for personality because the thing that makes radio, terrestrial radio unique is personality, right? Human beings actually on the radio. So when you take the human beings and the music and you put them in two different Industries really, you know, I mean people can be can get can start their podcast out of their basement if they want and if they're intelligent enough or they have compelling content They can get sponsorships and they can grow, you know, and mm -hmm. they and it's not hard to get access to people But they can't play music in their podcast. So they that's, can't, that's right. a saving that grace for, yeah, for music true. radio, true. you know, that's so true. It, it's definitely divided I think that you know sure the Spotify's and Apple music and these subscription services there you're gonna pay or you're going to have to need Wi-Fi availability to get on them and to access them I don't think that is the thing but I definitely think as personality becomes more wide 
it's going to be even more competitive for people. And, you know, but that's that's kind of cool because that means it's going to get str- people are going to get stronger through that. Right. No, I agree with that. I, yeah, I, I listen to podcasts now, but a lot of people are just like, yeah, I don't, I don't, even, I don't know how to do it. And I'm just like, oh, it's so once you know, once it's, you know so easy. Yeah. it's so easy. So easy. Sure. But my issue is just in general. And then for people who are just starting out, it always gets big because this is the thing that we know that the public doesn't know, nor do they really care, which is the monetization of the product mm-hmm. you know, yeah. people listen to it but it's like how do you there's still you really not a, on it. a metric to sell podcasts there are nationally but like a local podcast there aren't well, uh, getting back to your question about music where do you get your music how do you itunes for the yeah. most part if i'm going to listen to music you know so i'm a serious subscriber we're both yeah you know, I love fans right although he i mean that dude never works no yeah and it's only a matter of time till he's gone <laughs> absolutely yeah whatever the, whatever so, remaining on his contract i think he's done because he's like working one month or one week a month well and the that's thi- the main reason i have it is to listen to stern oh, he's hardly right. ever on well and the thing about um him if we can talk about him for a second is i i can't wait for them to take howard and he retires and then they have they just start chronologically playing all of his interviews with people back that's i don't care I about want. I love the interviews. I That's love all the I care about the too. interviews. Yeah. I don't care about any of the stupid butt jokes and all this crazy shit that they do. Right. I want to hear him intellectually speak to people that I admire. And that's why I subscribe to any podcast because I want to hear compelling conversational interviews and That's I want to hang want. out with people and yeah. not really be in the room with them. But don't think we don't make butt jokes on our radio. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> is, that, we do. is that one of the focal points? Oh, we do. We do. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we do. I want to say You 75. want ratings, you make butt jokes. <laughs> 75% of our show is nothing about the butt humor. Rating? I've never gotten a rating in my life. I have no idea. <laughs> The hell it's oh. like. Oh, now I got your pity. I, I like know. that. It was well, a pity just... noise. That's like probably what you did when you ran over the rabbit. I did. I'll make a donation to the Humane Society in your name. So in all of your years. Who's this young man here by the camera? This is the great Nick Yale. Who, yeah, Nick. What's, what's he, he doing here? He's got an angel face, doesn't he? He's like you are. An angel. He's Cupid. So to see how he's Cupid. <laughs> Nick is great people. He's uh, he's the one who shoots all of our video for our social media. Are you on, uh, do you do the Twitter and the yeah, uh, do Facebook Twitter, and Instagram uh, and the whole deal? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand a lot of it. Sometimes I'll say uh, to learn, how in the hell is this happening? What, yeah. you know, something will pop up like our our morning show feed will be on my phone. Right. Go, How'd that get on there? I thought it was on my thing, and I'm tweeting out like it's me. Yeah, and you it's know, fun. So, like it's, <laughs> yeah, she, no, no, she's saying it's fun trying to keep me straight. John, I'm like yeah. John. I don't. I, yeah. I, you would think that I would have the answers to all things because I, I and I don't like I, I don't I can't explain sometimes why it, that one pops up and the other one yeah. doesn't. But uh, yeah, Instagram. I just got on Instagram not too long ago, and you know, sounds seems fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it. but 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 uh, I, I'm not highly motivated to be a part of that world. Right. I don't know. I'm just I'm too old. I mean, there's I guess. downside. I think we discussed this. Like, I can tweet something out right now and end my career. You know, oh, it could be oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all of us can. Yeah, and it's sure. just like so. It's just like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. You know, I just yeah. don't want to yeah. mess with it. Even though oftentimes I'm inclined to do it, even like a harmless sports opinion. And then it just can lead to if it gets in the wrong hands and you lose the context and it's like, you know, yeah. then, they, then they get people pissed off and then they have advertisers, yeah. pressure advertisers and they boycott and then it loses revenue right. from the station and then I lose my job. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't really get involved. In but you know Twitter. what? I've heard people say that and I totally agree. We've seen people in the city do that. Um, but my whole thing is, is like, I get, you know, we all have these human anger emotions. Like if something is political and you get mad and you tweet something out and everybody wants you fired for that or whatever, it's like, my whole thing is like, you have to have some mature restraint. Like what happened to adult restraint? Like I, trust me, I have moments where I just want to go off on something and then I'm just like, no, like I, I, I have to say to myself, is this worth 
pushing out into a social media atmosphere, where does this actually need to go? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so I, I've kind of taken, they're not saying that I, I won't tweet things out that are ridiculous, but it's like, I guess if people that are angry or something like that, politically motivated with something, it's like, take that and, and do the right thing, like write to the people that you're angry at or, or do the adult thing and have that restraint with yourself, you know, cause I don't look at it and go, I'm not going to, I'm going to be too afraid to get on social media because I don't want the backlash to happen. You know, part of our job in this industry is to deal with that backlash or to not deal with it. Like right. people are going to hate you no matter what you do. Um, thank God for like the block button. <laughs> right. You have a lot of blocking. Um, I've had to block a handful of people, all men, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. With dog avatar. Um, <laughs> what? The dog avatar. That's like the official way to hide oneself. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. When you're using a fake account, the oh, dog avatar. Absolutely. I don't know. If- mm. Yeah, I don't look know if for the many dog dogs. Avatar. Beware the dog. Why do dogs really? have to be attributed to jerks? Well, yeah, it's, it's so a great. way. It's kind of like a way to hide one's identity. Mm. That's the move. Yeah, beware it's the dog. No. Avatar. Yeah. Well, with me too, it's like I'll spend some time on a tweet and mm. really think this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. send, I like the way that you're send laying this, this out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're hosting quiet storm. And I'll look at it and it goes <laughs> three likes, <laughs> and then right. I'll do something stupid that's yeah. you know you know, it's bullshit. It's crap. This is crap. Put it out there. 350 likes. Right, retweeted. I don't get it. I don't get it. I I did a piano thing for Christmas, Jingle Bells. I'm one of my kids' old little uh, xylophone xylophone things. And I barely got it right. And I got it on there and I put it out there and it was... It's on People the like, the hit. top 100. Yeah. But if I were to take some sort of stand, you know, to defend our nation or something yeah. like that, I'd go, yep. yeah. No. Like, like, why shut, bother? Shut up, John. Like, move yeah. on. Yeah. Throw under the rug. I mean, I saw Derek Gould. He tweeted something I out this past ask weekend. You about that. Yes. And all hell broke loose. Yeah. For him. So he attacked. mentioned, he pointed out that President Trump misspelled Barack Obama's first name. And I saw the tweet. And I'm like, oh, God, poor Derek. I know what's coming. Although I'm sure Derek knew it was coming. Yeah. He's a smart guy. Yeah, exactly. And so maybe that's one of the reasons why he did it. And then yeah. you know, he was like, then, "Here, watch this." Yeah, He's like dangling exactly. I mean, the it's, it's, it's ABC <laughs> poker. He didn't care. <laughs> so, uh, so then people. So then, what you get when you're like, and I guess our world, although Derek's certainly a legitimate sports journalist, sure, uh, he he gets the stick to sports tweets, stick to sports, you right? Know? And then he then points out, well, if you you know, how come it, you don't say stick to sports when I talk about like hey, he's a big comic book guy i guess right. and he loves star wars yeah. you know yeah. and it's if you espouse a political opinion that does not jive with that particular person that's when they say stick to sports but i would imagine if he would have tweeted out something that was pro-trump sure. that person who says stick to sports would not have said stick, stick to sports yes. so it's a double standard yeah. my, my whole thing is is like and, and i was watching the golden globes on sunday night and um you know obviously people get We've heard a lot of uh, people say, I don't watch award shows anymore because the acceptance speeches are just so political, uh, you know. And to me, I really think it takes some guts to get out there on that on that uh, pedestal that they are on and and say what they need. I mean, that's they have the whole that's the world stage right there. And if there's something important that they feel in their heart that they want to say, they should, you know, I mean, and that's on them. But at the same time, like. I don't look at a lot of the things that are going on and go, oh, that's the worst thing that's ever been said. It's mm. usually very inviting for like harmony and peace and the goodness for people. And like, I don't know, I, I've 
And who knows? Maybe that's just my own political no, belief. No, no, I understand. But I, I didn't think actually on Sunday night with the Golden Globes, and I watched the whole thing. I didn't. I think there was one, and it was the director for the um, the Versace program. Mm. It was the only one who actually got political, which I was kind of surprised by. I didn't think Andy Samberg would. Just kind of that's not his not mm-hmm. his thing, right? Um, but it was just, and I was surprised by that. I figured it was going to be, you know, which is fine, whatever. You're, you know, I'm, I'm in there to watch the awards, and I don't care. They're welcome to their opinion, whatever it is, right, right, right. left, doesn't matter to me. I'm just right. going to watch the show, you know. But I mean, I certainly, the people who dis- disagree with those opinions feel like it's preaching to an echo chamber, mm-hmm. you know. And so one would say, well, what would be really courageous if they took a conservative stance up there, even though that nece- wouldn't necessarily be my personal view. It's kind of an a bubble, so to yeah. speak, the Hollywood bubble. Whereas here in St. Louis, we have a different kind of bubble, you right. know, which is what Derek Gould is currently dealing with. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. saw the so then Andy Cohen. <laughs> did you see this? No, no. I love Andy Cohen. So though. Andy Cohen, uh, and this is a podcast, so I can, I can, <laughs> I can say whatever. Uh, but uh, Andy Cohen said to Derek, "Just tell this guy to go fuck off." It's pretty simple. Tell the Andy guy to fuck is off. awesome yeah. to follow on Twitter. John Hewlett and Learn, the guests here on the Tim McKernan Show. And they're brought to you by James Carlton of the James Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. 314-961-4800. That's 314-961-4800. James Carlton. Online at carltoninsurance.net. So good at what he does that I switched from my old insurance agent to James Carlton. And it's meant a world of difference. Number one, uh, I was just existing without disability insurance. Now, I realize you might go, well, you sit in front of a microphone and, and talk nonsense for a living. So how much risk is there? Well, what if, there, if there was some kind of accident and I wouldn't be able to work, got to make sure my wife and son are taken care of. And I didn't realize that I was that exposed. Well, James Carlton took care of that. And now, let me pull this out on my phone here, and I'll tell you exactly what's doing with uh, State Farm. James's number is 314-961-4800. It's called the State Farm Drive Safe and Save app, and it's just a little Bluetooth connection in your phone. And uh, and what it does is uh, they put a little beacon in, in your car, or you put it in your car, and every time you take a trip, uh, you actually do save money. So I'm going to click on my car and then view my discount. And just by driving and them monitoring the way that I'm driving and how far I'm driving, because I really don't drive that far with the station being close to where I live, I've saved 50 bucks on my insurance this month. And I just installed the thing like two weeks ago. So then these are things I just never heard about. They're pretty easy. It was pretty basic. I think it took all of 30 seconds to set up. And when you have somebody who knows the industry and is at the forefront of the industry and didn't just get into the industry as kind of a default career, they're the people you want to be involved with. They're the people who are going to save you money. And they're the people who are going to make sure that you're covered as opposed to being left exposed like I was with disability. James Carlton's the person. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Um, so with all of your Cardinal baseball that you have seen, what is the greatest moment that you have been witness? Did you just, what in the I'm hell sorry. just happened I over the corner there? I John, you like an see hour. what just happened. You're I, having I this moment. Nick, <laughs> Nick got the video of that. <laughs> oh, oh, it, blocking. it hit the wall and then it went in. So. Nice shot. Hey. <laughs> yeah. All right, back uh, to you. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Back to you in the studio. Game six, 2011 I mean, isn't it just, it, There's nothing can top it. God, I mean, sometimes... 
when I'm in a bad mood, I'll call it up on YouTube, and it's just yes. like, Aww, it's just like, awesome. I'm, oh my god, it's yeah. the greatest. I agree, and 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 you know, down at the stadium, sometimes they'll before the game, they'll have interviews with fans, and they'll say, "What's your greatest moment of car?" And most of them won't even say that. How it's can like, it not? How be? can it not yeah. be? You know, I hear the Aussie home run '85 a lot because you know Jack made a great call sure. on that. You know. But the Cardinals didn't even win the World Series that year. Yeah, you know, they, they won that, that series against yeah. the Dodgers, but they didn't win the World Series. Right. This was in the World Series and led them to actually winning the World Series. And and it, it happened, you know, they had to come back, what, twice? twice. And, then, and then, then the home run the to win it. The home run. I mean, uh, there could be no greater moment I than mean, that, man. For real. Hands down. You know what? Here. Let me interject here. Uh, so, yeah. You, I, you, have, you have an official sports take you would <laughs> no, like. No, I want to talk about that moment. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah where were you? Let's talk about it. I was on, I know exactly where I was. Yeah, we've talked about this on the radio. Today. I was at my mom's house. My mom has a sports uh, bar basement, and she has two couches, and I was asleep on the right. <laughs> so you were locked right, in. Hang on. <laughs> I was asleep on the right couch. My then boyfriend, now husband, Tim, was looking straight on. My mom and my sister were on the other couch. So I was kind of falling asleep. And then all of a sudden it starts. And David Freeze does that. And it's just... Yeah. And then I got up and then they were cheering. I mean, it was the coolest thing ever. It, so yeah, that's probably my favorite moment yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it really... <laughs> I was watching it at my, my place and we lived downtown at the time. And I remember we had hardwood floors. We were living in like uh, Park Pacific, actually, if you know that is... And I, I fell on the ground. I had handprints on the floor <laughs> because I guess I was sweating. And I just couldn't believe it. Like, my favorite oh, moment yeah. is actually Freeze's triple more so yes, than Freeze's absolutely. home run. Yeah, because the... you are a strike away from losing the World Series. Like, yes. you just kind of written it off. Yes, I and know. That and thing... that tied the game. Oh, he, my God. When the, when the ball went over Nelson Cruz's head and went off the wall there. You know, that golf uh, yes. golf gas station absolutely. Uh, uh, is, is, is seared in my mind forever. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we in our room there, you know, because it was the, well, we were all in, in the in the room. Everybody was crowded in. We had people in there who shouldn't have been in there because everybody wanted to, you know, uh, it, was, it was, and the whole place, place they were up. Absolutely bad. And, yes. It's and it was, it was hard for me to open the microphone and announce the next batter. <laughs> yeah, was I, mean, I was like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 I remember just screaming. Yeah. Just, oh, my God. <laughs> It was oh, that awesome. This is look look what my Twitter background is. Yes. Oh, that is <laughs> it's, awesome. It's Nelson yeah. Cruz. Yeah, we don't even have golf. This, they don't even, yeah, golf isn't even that, here. Yeah, but it's like frozen forever with the greatest shot, and he just he, totally misplayed you know, it. He didn't look at the wall. He didn't see where the he didn't know where the wall was. Yeah. So that's that why he that, left like that. Yes, he thought he was going to made a half ass leap. I don't even know if he's on the warning track. Yeah, he's yeah. a crappy defender, but he's yeah. out there. Yeah. Oh, it was the greatest. I mean, it was the absolute greatest. But you've been there. What year did you start doing the PA? Uh, 83 was my first year. So you year. were there for the Aussie home run? Yeah, in 85, yeah. yeah I was there, there for the for home that. run, yeah. And then uh, the Edmonds home run, 2004. I remember, I remember, the, I remember at Bush Stadium never shook like that night. God bless America. I was there, and I said to somebody, I said, I've never felt the stadium shake. Yeah, shaking. I thought... <laughs> it was shaking. I thought the place... I thought... And it was going to collapse. And then the next night, when Roland hit the home run off Roger Clemens, I'm like, holy shit, it's shaking again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, was the greatest. It was great. And then that World Series was just the... I went up to Fenway Park, because I was still at KMOV, and I'm just like, this doesn't feel right. 
and I, and we got done with our live shots for the ga- for game two, and the Cardinals had lost both. And I'm like, we're not coming back up here. This thing is a uh, this thing's this thing's off the rails. Well, uh, it's speaking of Game Seven of 2011, you know, they had after what happened the night before, you don't win it the next day. Oh, yeah. I could not eat the entire day. <laughs> I was I was and I was and I remember you know because the pressure's on you when you when you know the PA and and uh, you know, they'll, they'll cut to me for a national uh, television uh, announcement or whatever. And I was like on I was just uh, I, I don't know how I had any energy left in me because I had not eaten. I didn't sleep worth a shit the night before because I was up <laughs> yeah, late absolutely. that night. I was the greatest. I didn't feel like I had any any anything left to give at all. I am as the stupid PA announcer. I, mean, I don't even do it all that much. And and and, uh, and I just remember just being so worried that we were going to lose that game and everything I had just seen, the greatest moment in my uh, life yeah, in Cardinals, yeah. was going to be watered down. And the Rangers took the lead in the top of the first Yeah, they did. Game. They did. I'm like, yeah. wow, tip my cap. We had Ozzie Smith on the show the morning after game six. And he goes, and you never hear an athlete talk like this. I mean, I realize he's retired. But he goes, yeah, the series is over. The Cardinals are going to win tonight. And it wasn't even like he was like saying it to like. He said people. that to me in 1982 when I interviewed him when the Cardinals were going into the World Series. Just mm-hmm. like really? that. Really? Just like that. He's a psychic. Wow. And I thought the reason he said that, and here's my reason, and you'll follow me on this, is because he lived through game six of 85, and he knew once that had happened, because all those dudes who were on that 85 uh team go, Whitey, Whitey kind of let us, he kind of said, well, the series is over after we lost game six. And he was thinking emotionally, there's no way the Rangers can come back. And emotionally, the Cardinals are on a high and the Royals beat the hell out of the Cardinals in game seven, like 13-0 or 11-0. I was there that night. Oh, were you you were in Kansas City for that? Yes, I was there. And and when, and I was... Were you at game six? Yes. Uh. I had just left my seat to go to cover, to get to my position down in the locker room for uh, interviews and stuff, you know. And as I was walking down, I could hear on the intercom what, what what happened. I didn't see it happen. I heard what happened. How how the ball, uh, I mean the, the bad call, and then right, Jack right, Clark right. let the ball fall, right, and, right, right. And, and the whole thing un, unraveled. And yeah, I, I I was in the locker room after that day, and how remember how dejected everybody was that day. And I knew it was going to be a problem. It was going to be over. Really? Right. But I was in '87. I was in Minnesota in '87 too. Oh, look at this! All right. When the Cardinals were ahead three games to two, and I had been there for the first two games in '87. I remember what that Metrodome sounded like. Yeah. And and and, I, and every time the other team, the, the Twins, would do something, I remember how I would feel inside, like, oh, this is <laughs> this is bothering me. All these people going nuts, and rooting against the Cardinals. It just got inside of me, and I knew it had to get inside those players. Uh-uh. Same thing. So when we when we went back there, I said, we're not going to win. As a matter of fact, I didn't stay for Game Seven, U two was at the Checker Dome the night of oh, Game I've heard Seven. Oh, that. Yeah, and I, I said I got to make a decision. Am I going to watch the Cardinals lose, or am I going to go see U two at so the Checker Dome? And I bolted. Game was actually somewhat. Close I bolted Seven. Yeah, but I've played. I don't know if you've heard this before that they actually had the fans blowing out when the Twins would be. Yes, that, that's that was the rumor. That's and what I, we well, had heard. I played golf with Tom Lawless, like I guess in August, and we were just BSing about it. And I go, is that true? Because Whitey told me that in an interview one time. And he goes, yeah, we didn't realize until we got back up there. He goes, but they turned them on when they would hit. And they, they weren't on. They, like, weren't blowing in when the Cardinals. They just turned them on. Mm-hmm. And they were directing, you know, I mean, oh, that's tough. The 85 yeah. one, though, because I didn't really—we just talked about this. I went to the University of Missouri, as I said earlier. And the Kansas City people have a thing with St. Louis that I wasn't aware of. I don't know if you're— Husband, is your husband from St. Louis? Or he's from from Springfield. He's from Springfield. Okay. Yeah. But they have a thing, and I didn't know they had a thing, and I'm trying to trace it back, 
And I think it stems from the 85 World Series. I know I have a thing about Kansas City because of the 85 World Series. Yeah. I root against them on everything. I hope they get killed on Saturday. You're pulling for the Colts. Yes. Are you a Chiefs fan or you just sit there and go, I hate this crap? I wish it was over. No, no, no. I'm enthralled by it. Oh, you're so facetious. I'm so supportive. You're so facetious. I just leave the house. Like, what's going on? Oh, the Chiefs are on. Okay, great. I'm going to go do my thing. Now, does your husband get worked up? Oh, yeah. Does he really? Yeah. Like, and he works with us. So, like, um, the next day, like, I don't remember what, uh, it's been a couple of weeks now, but the Chiefs had that terrible loss. Like, an upset. I don't know who it was by or who it was, who, who won. But anyway, the next day came in and um, everybody was giving him, like, really hard time about it. Yeah. And then they would come into the studio with me and they go, oh, man, Tim's, like, really upset about the game and blah, blah, blah. And so when we were eating dinner that night at home, I'm like, hey, like, were you really upset with everybody at work? And he's like, I, he's like, I just, I don't know why everyone wants to talk to me about it. Like, it gets real, like, you know. And I said, well, tell people that. He's like, no, if I do that, then they'll just come over to my desk even more and talk about it. So that's not how he sounds, but that's how I'm interpreting. So to say, you that's married a 14-year-old girl. That's what it sounds yeah. like, your impression of. Stop reading my diary, Mom. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, he gets pretty pissed off. And he, he loves, he, my mom and him just went to a, a game in Kansas City Again, like a month ago, and I mean, he gets into it. He just loves Arrowhead Stadium, and, and that is me, a great atmosphere. It is I mean, a great like atmosphere. I've been there once, and uh, compare that to what we had here with the Edward Jones, which was terrible. This nasty, gross, dark dome, <laughs> which I, I would go to often. <laughs> Going to Arrowhead Stadium where you're freezing and everybody is just so uh, revved up. It was, it's it was legit. cool. And I have nothing against Tim because he's been a lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fan. Right. I have a problem with these St. Louisans. Who are making this making I'm this transition now? Unless they start calling them the Missouri Chiefs and they play some of the games here and some of the games there, then you, know, you might change my mind. Ball, but that ain't gonna happen. No, yeah, I, I'm I'm confused by that. I mean, I just yeah. I just bet on a bunch why, of crap. Why? So why? I, why? What? I get here. We go, novice. How do you how do you root for the Dallas Cowboys being from St. Louis? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, why wouldn't can't. you? Especially with Jerry Jones' involvement in them right. moving, right? But. No, I, I get it. Like I, I, don't, I mean, I, I bet and I have DraftKings. You know what DraftKings That's is? That's what I do. You do DraftKings? He wins, he wins like yes. $5. It's really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> now that again, it's so sarcastic. That's the sarcastic corner. <laughs> it's so sarcastic. as much energy as I can yeah. attain. That's, that's all I can win. I'm not right. that good at it. So I put a group together. This is, I mean, it's so degen. My wife hates this. <laughs> Uh, we jokingly called it the Tam Avenue Capital Partners, where we assemble $3,000 every week. Oh, my God. So there's 20 people. Oh, okay. So, you know, oh my it's not gosh. like I'm growing. And we do, we max out rosters, and we have, I mean, we for real, like, have 100 oh, some odd oh. rosters, and we lose every week. I, like if, unbelievable. Like if, we, like, if we only... Like if I my revenue is two thousand, we'll be like not bad. We only lost thirty three percent this week. <laughs> wow. But every week we keep doing it, convinced that we're going to hit, and it's just like a bunch of morons going and buying lottery tickets. That's essentially what it is. Is it? Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah, we do all these rosters, we build algorithms, and it still doesn't matter. I'll There's guys darn. who do this stuff professionally, and that's who we're up against, John. Yeah. So you do the uh, you do like what one? Well, one no, we have we have I have a group that I belong to, 20, 20 guys, yeah. and we just amongst ourselves on that one. And then every once in a while, I'll try to get in one of those big ones and. Yeah, I, I, I oh, do horribly. Yeah. But in golf, I don't do badly. You do. Oh, really? I was in a 201 with golf this past weekend, and I finished 44th. That's not bad. I got my five dollars back. That's what she's referring to. Oh, is that what it was? I got <laughs> a five dollar profit. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 I got broke even. I have a friend. Well, I'm trying to get to do a podcast because there's podcasts for this stuff now because then really? people follow their advice. Yeah, so I listen to him, and he's a. Uh, 
I guess I shouldn't say where he works because people might actually know who he is, and I don't think he wants to be identified, but oh. he is one, two, <laughs> no, for real! <laughs> Investigative reporting. <laughs> uh, he has won t- uh, twice in the last, I guess, three months, the $100,000 in golf. Oh, oh my wow. gosh! Yeah. Twice in the name? last three like, months. <laughs> wow. And he goes, so, like this past Saturday night, I go, so, how are you doing? So I'm just like, I'm sure he has a roster that's good. Yeah. And he goes, I'm in 35th place. All you can ask for is a chance. How much is his bet? And that, and that I don't know how many, ro- he like doesn't do the stupid crap I do where we have 100 rosters. Like he'll only have like 15 or 20 rosters. But I mean, is he doing the $5 games? The, the, uh, whatever, the $10 whatever's going games? to get you that monster prize. That, oh, you, you know, so it's probably like a $20 level. buy-in, yeah. you know, that's oh. going to like, so there's that millionaire maker on DraftKings oh, for yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're up against 200,000 other rosters. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. So I have to ask, because Lauren wanted to talk about golf and I wanted to make sure that <laughs> I got it in. Oh, I can't wait for this segment. <laughs> This is my favorite part. PGA Championship. Did you go? Oh, yeah. I was there Thursday, uh, Tuesday for practice round and Thursday. Uh, but I, I wasn't there Sunday. I wanted to watch Sunday on TV. I wanted to, because I knew it was going to be a madhouse. Yeah. And I wanted to see how, how you know, the course looked on television. I wanted to see how St. Louis came off on TV and, and all that stuff. And, and rooting for Tiger, man, I was, I was hoping for, because for him to, if he'd have won, had his comeback win would have been here in St. Louis. It would have put St. Louis on the golf map forever. Absolutely. And we missed it by a pubic hair. Hey, speaking of missing it by a pubic hair, do you want to talk about the the incident that happened with Tiger? Do you want to tell us? What happened here? This is great. This is great. Thank you. Well, I don't don't know. I mean, to me, it was a big deal. I know you guys might not think it's a big deal. Anyway, I've I've been going to golf tournaments uh, in Florida. Really? Different places. Which ones do you go to? Uh, The Palm Beach. uh, The Honda uh, Classic? Yeah. That's where I go. You go to Honda Classic? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's where we stay. I'm I'm going down in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I didn't go last year, but uh, you're before. Yeah, that's a a, Doral. That's a whole sign. Oh, yeah. Doral. Doral. And you get to know where the players are going to hit the balls into the crowd, you know. And so I just come up with this technique that was just foolproof. The ball would go into the crowd. And... Everybody kind of gathers around behind the ball and stuff like that. No. I don't know if the camera can pick up. All right, Nick, get this. this yeah, here we go. We're up. <laughs> the ball lands right there. Okay? All right. Yeah. And he's got to shoot that way. Yeah. You go and you stand right in front of where he's going to have to aim. Yeah. Okay, you stand right there so that when they come to separate the ball, you do Oh, that's a nice <laughs> move. Yeah. That's a nice move. And you're right there. That's okay? a nice move. So, so Tiger hit his ball. Behind us. We were just standing there thought, hey, wouldn't it be great if Tiger Woods hit his ball? Ha, <laughs> I ain't gonna have <laughs> Son of a bitch, if he didn't hit his ball right behind us. Incredible. So I go over there, I, I, take, I do, I do my technique. This is Bell Reef. Uh-huh. I do my technique. I get my spot, sure enough, crowd opens, and there I am. And here mm. comes Tiger. And I got this baby right here. There you go. And oh, I'm videotaping wow. this sucker, man. Yeah, this right is gonna there. be the, some of the video of my life. Yep. And here he comes. I got the video going. Right, we're going. We got it up. Here he goes. He walks back and forth. I'm right there with yep, him. Perfect video. And then, he's getting ready to hit his shot. I'm kind of getting back. <laughs> right. Shanks. The whole time you're going, oh, good job. Come on, Tiger. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm him. Come on, Tiger. Come on, Tiger. <laughs> and it whoosh, hits the ball. Oh, Crowd's going, hey, woo, yeah, Tiger. But <laughs> I got my carry on. I got it all right there. And then I go to turn it off, and I realize I just turned it on. Oh, no, not the Oh, my clip. God. I missed the whole damn thing. the whole the oh. oh, it's the worst. Oh, I, I thought me. it was recording. <laughs> I don't know why Apple doesn't have something, a feature there. Yeah, that let you says, know. You yes, are not you're recording, not recording dumbass. <laughs> yeah, dumbass. 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 I mean, even if it's just as faint on the screen, you know, just something to yeah. let you know. Because it was sunny. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I couldn't oh, yeah, see the, the screen glare. real good, oh. you know. 
Oh my God! You recall so what hole you were on? I ranked that as one of my worst moments of 2018. <laughs> I don't blame it you. Was. Actually, yeah, and, and I lost all my relatives too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! That was my worst moment. No, I'm. So kidding. this was a Thursday, or is this the practice round, or what was? That it? was the Thursday, the Thursday? actual actual round. Yeah. Um, I was lucky, and I went out there on Sunday morning, and I was just like, I just want to see what winds up happening. And they weren't let people on the range. Initially, they'd let media people out on the range. And then they just decided, okay, fine, because this guy kept pestering them. And then I was, it was like me, and I was standing next to Al McKinnis, who's a member there. And it was like Kepka, Adam Scott, Tiger, uh, the, the last handful of golfers. There's barely anybody left out there. And and there's just the shot, that tunnel that they would walk through. Mm-hmm. And I happened to get a shot. I have the video. It's one of my favorite videos. Uh, where he, you can hear the rumbling when people start seeing him come out of the locker room, yeah. and then he comes through the tunnel and he's coming right at me, and you're just like, this is, it's like one of those shots, yeah. like, this is so cool. And then who would have thought, for as poorly as he played, he didn't hit any fairways, as you know, learn, yes. on the front nine. <laughs> I realized. <laughs> <laughs> but then the, right by the media tent was the ninth green, so I'm like, I'm watching it on TV, I'll walk, walk out here, and that's where he hit that ridiculous draw shot out of the rough yeah. and then he hit the birdie and he actually gave a fist pump and I'm like son of a bitch he might win this thing yeah it was one of my favorite St. Louis sports events I mean it's different than Freeze's yeah. game six right but as far as being proud of the area right. the response from the area and how great of an event yeah. it was it's for real I think about that thing that's another one that I go on YouTube when I'm looking for a high yes and I'll watch that it was just the best and that 17th hole when he when he uh when the that, hazard yeah thing. when he hit that that uh that Slice. No. I can't tell you how many times because I've played that course numerous times. Thank goodness because of media day things. Absolutely, you know, we've, we've sure. had opportunities. I, I don't know anybody who's a member or whatever be invited. You're not a member way. of that place. I'm not a member. No, no you were. His membership's pending. Got a green jacket. No. So I know that that happens there a lot. Oh, yeah. And to see him do to that see right there. go into the creek on the right yeah, side. Yeah, and it cost him the tournament. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Legitimately did. I was like yeah. heartbroken when I saw that. Yeah. And he, he nearly holed out on, I don't know what it was, 13 or 14. Lauren, was it 13 or was it 14? Where he... Let's see. What was the par? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, okay. I think it was a par four. I think he bogeyed it. I played it the next day. And I'm like, I'm going to play from where the, the oh, tees they wow. played. The next day. Yeah. And and I don't know how we were able to get that done. I think Jay Randolph had something to do with it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm going to play the, you know, 7,500 yard Jay Randolph, tees. the foot fetish guy. Oh, <laughs> no, my God. Yeah. Stop hanging out with him. Does he, is he, is he still asking you for pictures or no, something? No, he's one of the 10 I blocked this year. This you had to block no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I, I don't think I follow him. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Oh, you, you just like. He just like dismissed him. That was so. Now he's gonna be upset. You've already broken Iggy's heart. Do you know Iggy, John? I assume. Sure. You know Iggy? Yeah. 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 Who doesn't Iggy, know him? Iggy, I know. Well, he has been around the market at a variety of different places. <laughs> I have only known him for a year. And it seems like he likes you. Yes. There's an inside joke that he wants to. Uh, bury me in his sunflower patch. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. he's a, what a wonderful joke. Because he listens to our fun. show in the morning. Because we sure. see our tweets he, from Yeah, he tweets at Learn quite a bit and denies uh, that he does it. Yeah, uh, messages. But then, unfortunately, flowers. we see the tweets and it's very difficult right, like, to deny Right, this is all them. out there, bud. Like, everybody can see this. Right. <laughs> anyway, back to the foot guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> got me on the course. But it was super cool to be able to be out there. Mm-hmm. And I actually shot a 45 on the back, and I was thrilled oh, with wow. that. From that, from yeah, that distance, good. I was yeah. in, uh, and I could have broken 90, which I, I set the over under at 115 because I'm like an eight handicap. Yeah. And I got a nine on the ninth hole. We started on the, the back. And so the ninth was my 18th hole. And I got oh. a nine on the ninth oh, hole. Yeah. And then I wound up shooting a 90. And I, I know it still bothers me. But to be out there and just still experience that in like the shot of Tiger walking across the group, you know, I'm sure yeah. that famous shot where he waved to the crowd. Yeah. 
Oh, it's one of my favorite things. Yeah, real. like in all of my years of being and, around St. Louis, and sports. the greens were just lightning fast, or what? You remember? Uh, uh, no, I didn't have one three putt, and I wasn't even close to a three putt. They oh. weren't lightning fast, oh. and I played it a couple months later, and I'm like, I still was thinking it was going to play like it did in August, and in October, absolutely different. They were lightning fast to me. They were lightning fast. Those guys, it probably would be. They were super fast because they could faster kinda, in October than fa- they absolutely. were when when, the, when and, the, the, and the reason for that, which is why the guys were down on it initially and probably still were is because because of the humidity and the heat, they couldn't cut oh, them short, yeah. which is why they kept saying, well, it's really soft out there, yeah. which is their way of saying, we can just fire darts because they're so good. They right. so I'm sorry, precise. are you guys talking about grass right now? What's happening? <laughs> what is this? Do they comb the green? Is it like, I mean, I'm really curious. Like, comb the green. You're not really curious, though. This is, no, this I'm is not. This is going to be an attack I'm on the game that Con and I love. I she attacked so, it all the you time. Just, oh, you just watched it. Oh. You just looked at your watch. Oh, that's so passive-aggressive. Well, um, I'm sorry about the the grass, you guys. John, I'm telling you, in October, they were lightning fast. Yeah, I believe in August, you. you could hammer the ball at it and go, I can go for the, the hole, and it's not going to lose yeah. it. So that it was, makes sense. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Anyway, we're done talking grass. Thank God. Let's Learn. get back to the grass on your head again. Let's <laughs> yeah. do that. I know. I'm so... God. I really... <laughs> and good. it's great to hear that you can just do it here in St. Louis. I don't have to fly to Vancouver. Yeah. I assume it doesn't cost now what it would have cost. Then. Mention I mean, my name, and hopefully I can get you Is some, that right? I maybe, get like a maybe discount. Maybe I'll get you a discount. Yeah. I don't know how my wife, my wife claims, like when she sees old stuff from KMOV, she goes, oh, I like it. But when, what is she, she going to say? You know, I mean, yeah. she can't say, I wish you would grow hair. I can't do anything. Your wife's gorgeous, no, I think though. she's going to be honest. Now, what is with that? You. Now, what is Well, like, she now, obviously you're loves gorgeous, you. Well, it, like, I mean, she's. <laughs> You, you know those memes where it says, like, if you can't handle me at my worst, you can't have me at my best or whatever, and it shows, I don't, like, I, don't, I haven't posted that meme yet. Is that something that you... <laughs> I'll find one, and I'll, I'll give it to you. But I'll post that in, at Iggy Strode. Right, yeah, that'll get to you. Um, well, no, what I'm saying, you're, you have a very beautiful wife, and obviously she's not superficial at all because she no, does not that, care about... That was so... Well, like, you're so, so worried. You're so worried about how you look. Like, no, you don't need I'm to worry. No, Oh, my God. No, I'm just... When I was doing television, vision yes i was specifically told to grow my hair out and i can't grow my hair but out. you keep talking about how your wife is going to feel a certain way like if you got the transplant right well i just i literally brought it up for the first oh. time 30 seconds ago <laughs> i can tell i'm psychic i know you're worried about it no i'm sure i, I don't know I'll see if she, 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 she hated the beard hated the beard yeah she's you not like a hair fan you like the beard right i do yeah and it has everything to do with game of thrones Really? Everything. Absolutely. Who do you dig on Game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. That Khaleesi. She don't Jason play. Jason Momoa is, and I'm not like a beefcake Oh, yeah. Person. I saw you tweeting about that when he was hosting Sarah Live. Sweet mother of God. Wow. Like, look at you. You're out of control. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not one of these like, oh, I need a man with the big muscles and the, the you know, the fertile facial hair. Like, I don't fertile need any fa- of that. I never described as fertile facial hair. You know, but there is something <laughs> very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's, there's something like natural going on jason momoa that's that's your ideal gentleman no not until him like i just him something about him and that show and you know he's married to right yeah lenny kravitz's ex-wife uh um but 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 we know her from cosby show right exactly lisa bonet lisa bonet that's That's right and he loves golf so yes he does he's a two handicap that's not good what does that mean like he's really strong (laughs) that means he's a great player so then we would both be fighting for jason momoa if he were two handicap i'd be all over him yeah (laughs) hey whatever but i'm just saying he's very attractive and he has that massive beard so have tim grow his beard back i know but i mean I will. Yes, I'm going to call him. 
<laughs> and me, I'm going to check call. with my wife to see if she's on board with me using John's right. name to get discount <laughs> for hair transplant. All right, guys, I've kept you in here long enough. Thank you so much. Plus, we have terrible ventilation in here. Have you noticed that? I am that? sweating yes. so Isn't it uh-huh. so... Is terrible. I thought yeah. it was just me. Like we just like, built this thing sick. like within the last like I guess like eighteen months, and for some reason there's no ventilation. Well, yeah. So like I had Bill DeWitt, the Cardinal, the Chairman, the, the Bill DeWitt Jr. Uh, in, and I could see, and he was being so thorough, and it was wonderful. And then I could tell he like started dabbing himself, and I'm like, I gotta <laughs> let the man go. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. With you, since like, you're like hazing my balls I have over like, there, I'm kind of putting up with it. <laughs> suede jacket on, yeah, I'm all, suede. and I'm probably feverish, which don't. I'm sorry. Oh, you're gonna get sick, sick in our little. Our little yeah, there's no ventilation. teapot of Everybody disease in here. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the cold. All right. Well, John, I've enjoyed it. Learned it Same was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thank, Tim. Thank you. So there it is. John Hewlett and Learn here on the Tim McKernan Show presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, our guest this week from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Really enjoyed the conversation. Didn't think I was going to get into hair transplants. Didn't know John Hewlett had gotten hair transplants. Didn't know that you could get hair transplants now without them, like, carving out your flesh in the back of your head. I don't know. I don't know. I wish that were, let me tell you something. I wish that were around about 12 years ago, and I'd look like Quinn Snyder right now. But alas, it wasn't. Uh, Just really, just, he's just a good guy, you know? I mean, there's, there's kind of no way to... To, to say it any more direct than that, John Ewell, it's a great guy. Uh, I obviously like learn quite a bit as well. So to just sit and BS with them for, I don't even know, 90 minutes or so uh, was just incredibly enjoyable. Uh, you can catch them every morning from 6 to 10 on KC95 with their morning show. And uh, just really just a down-to-earth guy who has been part of St. Louis broadcasting history for the majority of St. Louis broadcasting history. And uh, whereas John at the outset, and I thought that was really kind of an intriguing, you know, introspective thought process where he said, you know, I'm not really the number one guy on a show. I've always kind of been the co-host and he described himself as a chameleon. And he kind of felt like it might've been uh, a disservice to his career I think not necessarily being the one, two, or three on a show, but but the fact that he's such a good guy and so likable, I think that has contributed to his longevity. Plus, he's just really talented. So you have people uh, who like you, who work with you, and who are in management of these stations, and then also you have uh, clearly learn and him have a, a great rapport. Uh, you're going to have some longevity. And so... You know, just a really good guy and enjoyed having the chance to sit down with them and have a conversation. Hope you enjoyed it as well. We always enjoy your feedback on anything, whether it be questions from the audience, pick six, sponsorships, or the interviews. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Write a review of the podcast. It helps the podcast. And, uh, And I love just sitting down with people. And, uh, and hearing their stories. And that's what we were able to do today with John Ewell and Learn. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to Ryan Kelly of thehomeloanexpert.com for his sponsorship of the studios. Thank you to Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies for being our presenting sponsor of our guests. Thank you to James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency uh, at carltoninsurance.net. And also Mike Judy Presents at mikejudypresents.com. He's got some really good shows coming up in... Uh, in 2019. He's a local promoter um, and just an independent guy who has really helped bring some big acts to St. Louis 
um, uh, oftentimes before they even hit big. And so you get to see these people in venues that you'll never get to see them in again because they'll be playing arenas and uh, in, in large venues like Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, whatever the case might be. Well, you know, that's that's what he does. He's uh, ahead of the curve on where talent is, and he brings them to St. Louis. So check out the schedule. I'm looking at it right now at MikeJudyPresents.com. And also Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. It's where we get our cars. It's where we recommend you get your car. Support the sponsors of this podcast. And the Landoff family, just great people. Um, and people I've gotten to know here better over the last year or two. And, and when I'm out there hanging out with, John and hanging out with his sons. I'm just like, man, this is, it feels like, like a small family business by the way they carry themselves and the way they treat their business. But then you see that it is one of the biggest and best dealerships in St. Louis. And it goes back to the 1930s. You understand why, because there's attention to detail and customer service and just a, a friendly way about it that you're not going to find everywhere else. They're online at Londoff.com. Uh, Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth exit. If you love TMA, if you love the Tim McKernan show, support the sponsors and make sure you're doing business with Johnny Landoff Chevrolet online at Landoff.com. You're looking for car to check it out there. Just go there right now. Landoff.com uh, for new pre-owned or to get your car serviced. It's Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. Thank you to Learn. Thank you to John Hewlett. Thank you to Iggy for getting John Hewlett and Learn here to the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Thank you to our sponsors and thank you to you for listening to another edition of the Tim McCartney Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual Double XP, and even Call of Duty Points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty Points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.